The 49ers have officially filled out their assistant coaching staff. Tons of new assistant coach hires announced by the 49ers. We will get into all of that on today's program, as well as combine recap. Who stood out? Who maybe lost some money at the NFL scouting combine in the secondary cornerbacks and safeties coming up right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, the network is your team every day for a reason. Crocker, we're coming at him five days a week with this 49ers content in the offseason, too. This is not your regular this is not your mom and dad's regular season podcast okay we're going every day in the off season as well talking nfl draft we're gonna get into the combine today eric crocker specialty those defensive backs did he see some sweet feet out there on the lucas oil field in indianapolis uh we got to talk about the 49ers coaching staff first though and a little bit worried how long it took for the 49ers to announce all these hires but they have announced all the hires uh the big conversation yesterday was about the announcement of Brian Greasy over the weekend as the 49ers quarterbacks coach. So that is one of the big assistant assistants that became official today, according to the San Francisco 49ers official official website. Um, a bunch of other names, though, added to the coaching staff. Tight ends coach Brian Fleury. Special teams coordinator Brian Schneider coming over from the Seattle Seahawks. Some really good special teams units there for the Seahawks back in the day. And, uh, you know, some talk about why they were so good. He had guys like Richard Sherman and some of his best players, Pro Bowl players, running down on special teams at times. And I don't know if he's going to be asking the 49ers uh, Pro Bowlers to be doing the same. We'll see how that goes. But I think the Niners might have been looking for an upgrade uh, no matter what at special teams coordinator. And when they made that move, it was clear they were going to be looking for somebody else. Brian Schneider is that guy now. Bobby Slowick gets a little bump. He is now the official passing game coordinator. Offensive line coach Chris Forrester goes from being just offensive line coach to now offensive line coach and run game coordinator. So the 49ers will go back to the days of not having an official offensive coordinator. I think that was a, that was a position that they gave to Mike McDaniel because uh, Mike LaFleur left as the passing game running running game coordinator thing. So it was a natural progression and trying not to uh, let Mike McDaniel go until now he got that head coaching job. And obviously you're out the door if you get a head coaching job, no matter what your, um, no matter what your title is, unless you are already a head coach in the NFL. One name that we suspected croc, not super surprising, right? To see Leonard Hankerson named as wide receivers coach. Right. Uh, Clay Kubiak, the brother of Clint Kubiak, the son of Gary Kubiak, is now the assistant quarterbacks coach. And Anthony Lynn, we know what his role will be now. He is not only assistant head coach, he's also going to take over for Bobby Turner as running backs coach. So those were the, the biggest names, the key names. There's some other names in there that have gotten jobs as you know quality control and all of those things. But a, a lot of young coaches getting bumped up from within the organization. And I think you, you love seeing that stuff, right, Croc? I like the Kubiak one. You know, they're keeping it in the family. Kubiak had a big uh, impact on the development of Kyle Shanahan as a coach over there in Houston. So uh, I like the little ties in there like that. You know, Kyle Shanahan has been a guy to bring along guys that he knows. But mm -hmm. I, I always say it, man, I give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to picking quarterbacks. He's been pretty good at that. 
the big one that stands out to me. I mean, actually, quarterbacks. I said quarterback. I mean, coaches. Coaches. Yeah, yeah. No, he he's he, he's, and I think that's part of it because he knows who he's bringing in because he has that personal relationship with these guys when he brings them in. The most interesting one to me is Chris Forrester, offensive line coach and run game coordinator. There's a lot on that. That's a big job, right? There's a lot on your plate. If you're going to be coaching a Shanahan offense, you're not only offensive line coach, but run game coordinator. I, I think that's a pretty big deal. And nobody's really talking about that one. Chris Forrester, who famously flamed out <laughs> in Miami, right? Came over to the Niners. He was assistant offensive line coach. Why did he um, flame out? Why do you flame out? Well, he, he was in the news for some reason. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. Um, but now he's, you know, getting a lot of responsibility here with the 49ers. Can you really not remember? Or you no, just... I definitely no, I definitely remember. I, <laughs> you know, this, is day, this is a day to throw some positive praise at Chris Forrester. Right, yeah. Do not relive his shout act. out to Chris Forrester. He was just having trying to have a little fun. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. He, what he, the he, heck was he doing? I mean, obviously, I know what he was doing, but why are you doing that and sending videos of it? Like, what are you what there, do you think? In some cases, it's the wild, wild west out there with these guys, and I think they feel like they are invincible. And we saw it in the news recently with uh, an NFL player, and I don't want to talk about this at all because it's already an annoying conversation, yeah. but an NFL player that, uh, you know, bet on his own sport. You can't do that. You know, uh, it's it's crazy. So, oh, but the 49ers are, uh, are putting their trust in Chris Forrester. Big jobs at hand for him coaching the offensive line and the run game. Bobby Slowick seems like the next, like the next big, higher away from the 49ers right passing game coordinator now you're under kyle shanahan for multiple years uh that leads pretty quickly quickly we've seen to being an offensive coordinator whether it's with the 49ers or with another team very soon potentially so uh a lot hinges i think on the development of trey lance and that's on kyle shanahan it's on bobby slowick and it's on brian greasy so uh, an assistant quarterbacks coach clay kubiak so uh, uh a lot maybe too many new coaches at one time but you know, I I think I have some faith in this group. I think this is not a bad coaching group, and we'll see how quickly they all come together. They all have ties in one way or another with Kyle Shanahan. So I think from that standpoint, he it sounds like he gets a lot of guys that are similar to him, like his crew with the McVay and, and LaFleur and all those guys, McDaniel. It was like they all kind of are similar, and they're kind of nerds about football. So I think everybody he brings in, is similar to that, except for maybe Forrester. Is there a better, maybe with Bill Belichick, but is there a better way of getting into the NFL right now than being, and really not just right now, for the last couple of decades, coming into the league as a Shanahan quality control? I feel like that's the best way you can enter the league right now. I mean, uh, and New England would be about the only other place that I think that could compete with that in the, the widespread of the coaching tree. It's picking up, that's for sure. It's picking up. So, uh, yeah, I think right now you have that Shanahan tag. You are in line for something to come as far as, you know, head coaching, coordinating, all that. These guys, I mean, even uh, what was the quarterback coach that just left. I, I want to say Spadola. I know his name. What's uh, uh, Scandrello. Yeah, there we go. Scandrello. You know, even him. I mean, it was he, he left the 49ers to be an officer coordinator. Now, yeah. it didn't work out. Flamed out after a year. And then went to Philadelphia, and I think they had a coaching change. But even he, I mean, he he got an opportunity. 
Right. Yeah. Not just the NFL college coaching opportunities as well for those Shanahan disciples. So, um, yeah, that that bodes well for all these guys that are just starting out and getting those quality control jobs as well, because we're seeing a bunch of ex quality control guys now jumping up to the next level, like Leonard Hankerson, who's now the wide receivers coach for the 49ers. One quick note before we get to defensive backs from the combine. Croc is uh, the we're about a week away from the new league year starting and free, uh, free agency really getting going and and getting hot and heavy and a lot of dollars being spent. Uh, we now know what the numbers are for those 2019 first round picks. The fifth year option figures are officially released. We know what the um, the franchise tag numbers are going to be as well. The Niners don't have anybody they're going to franchise tag this offseason, but next offseason they might. And right now, wide receiver numbers are around $18 million. If they're thinking about slapping that franchise tag next offseason uh, for Debo Samuel, unless they can get a, a long term deal done, this no, they can't do it for Debo. You mean uh, next year? Fifth- Fifth year option? Well, I'm talking about the franchise tag number. The franchise tag. Oh, number. okay, my bad. Around eighteen million dollars. Yeah. So for the the fifth year option numbers, which do pertain to the 49ers this off season, they have to decide by May second on their 2019 first round pick, which was number two overall defensive end Nick Bosa. They've got to decide whether or not to pick up his fifth year option. They for sure will do that. And Nick Bosa already going to get pretty expensive as the number two pick in the draft uh, at a, at a premium position. That fifth-year option number for Bosa next year, he'll be playing at a number of about $17.859 million. So rounding up to about $8 million, $18 million for Nick Bosa on his fifth-year option next year, and that will be guaranteed, and they have to decide whether they're going to pick up that option by this May 2nd for next year's contract, the 2023 year before he officially becomes a free agent, and the 49ers will no doubt pick up that fifth-year option for Nick Bosa. Bosa is going to make a lot of money whenever yeah. he gets new deal done and they don't have to do it this year. I have a feeling they'll do that dear, that deal to start in 2023 and um, you know, and, and you utilize that huge cap jump in 2023 to start things rolling on Nick Bosa's second contract. All right, Croc, you ready to talk some DBs? I'm sure some defensive backs caught your eyes at the combine this past weekend. Let's talk about those players after I let the folks out there know about betonline.net, which remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news, and of course, your sports betting needs. Unless you happen to be an actual NFL player, in that case, I would recommend you not give it a shot. But for all us lay people, betonline.net, the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And football season might be over, but there's still some draft props and ways you can bet on the league. The basketball in full steam with both pro and college hoops. The March Madness tournament obviously coming up, so that is always super fun to wager on. And it's not just football and basketball. Betonline.net is your spot for tons of other sports, any sports that you can imagine. Hockey, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games as well. So head over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. And by the way, make sure you're following Locked On NFL after you make us your first listen every single day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL at Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Croc, let's talk cornerbacks. First of all, can I can I ask you this question? What the hell are they feeding the young men that go to college at the University of Baylor? Uh, they're feeding them speed. <laughs> That's for four sure. Twos, like four twos all over the place. Four two three, four two eight. What is going on, Croc? And did you see yeah. that? Like, I, 
And I'm catching up on some of these prospects, and I'm going back and Kalen Barnes and like, dude, who's this guy running four two three? I got to go back and watch that tape. Uh, there are some other prospects that ran crazy times where I went back to the tape. And was like, ooh, that's why I hadn't heard of him. The tape's not good. What does the tape look like for some of these guys? Kalen Barnes, uh, Tariq Woolen. We, we uh, we'll talk a little bit about Ty, Tyquan Thornton also from Baylor that ran the four two eight at wide receiver. But uh, let's stick with corners now and talk about those two fastest guys in the four twos four two three and four two six for Kalen Barnes out of Baylor and Tariq Woolen out of uh, Texas San Antonio. So Woolen is kind of hard to find the film on him because he is at UTSA. And just a little fun fact. I played for the San Antonio Talons my rookie year in the Arena Football League. That was 2012. That was the first year that UTSA had a football program. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, hold on. What, uh, what year was that again? 2012. You, so 2012. I want to see how old Tariq Woolen was when you were playing for uh, for San Antonio in 2012. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of, the, one of our coaches, Coach Mayfield, I don't know if he just ended up staying out there, but his son, he used to be running around the locker room like he was just a little kid. And now he's a starting cornerback at UTSA. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But anyways, Larry Coker, I believe, was their head coach, former Miami Hurricane yeah. head coach. Uh, first head coach of their of the team. But anyways, I did I I I watched him at the senior bowl, and it was very clear to me. And and, and this is the thing. I think everybody's gonna be enamored by the size, by the speed, by the freak athleticism. All right, we're talking about a legit, he's actually he actually measured in over six foot four. So he was like six, four and like uh, uh, an eighth or something like that, which is wild, right? Like he's ridiculously tall, uh, 205 pounds. So he is lean, but he ran four, two, six. Is he said four, yep, two, four six. two, six, uh, vertical jump was over 40 inches, 42. I believe it was 42 inches flat. Yep. Right. No, that's, that's exciting. B- but, are there are some buts yeah well there's a reason he's not going to be a top 10 pick in the nfl draft despite there's a reason he's not going to be a top 10 pick where he can fly part of the reason is he's very new to the cornerback position he's somebody that converted over to cornerback from receiver so for the first two three years of college or whatever he was a receiver switched over to cornerback so he's kind of raw in that sense now the bigger issue to me more so than being a little you know raw because you got freak athleticism i'll take a chance on you there's there you can almost be too long at corner depending on the position that or depending on the scheme that you play in. So when you are six foot four, just naturally your movement skills are going to be much longer. Now Seattle Seahawks they had extreme Brandon Browner, Richard Sherman. Those are two long guys, right? But they primarily played one coverage. I mean they, they played it was like ninety percent of the time they played that quote unquote Seattle scheme, which wasn't as like an off zone heavy as I think most people think. They think like, oh, they just sat off in cover three. No, they play press at the line of scrimmage, but they knew they can play outside shade. They can press bell and they can funnel everything inside, but they had to run with everything that was uh, out in, and up. Uh, it was some kind of like match coverage. All right. Unless you're playing something like that with these guys, it's really hard to ask somebody that's that long to match the movement skills of someone smaller. And if you watch a lot of, bigger corners except for like Jalen Ramsey most of them have trouble with the smaller shiftier guys so when you're six four just naturally for every long stride this kid takes a, a quicker jittery receiver takes like three steps he's changing directions already mm-hmm. and it's hard to 
really kind of react. So I told this kid, I said, listen, I I, I know, because I was a 6'2 corner, 6'1 and a half. I, I know how it is being longer like that. What do you plan on doing to overcome that? And he's like, oh, you know, continue to work on my crap, whatever. But I told him, you need to work with Antonio Camardi. You need to work with Camardi. I'll, I'll try to set it up for you. I, I sent a tweet to Cromartie. I set it up, and Cromartie was like, yeah, anytime he wants to come work with us when he's in Texas, feel free. I don't know if he took his advice, but he needs to because you need to work with someone that understands your movement skills, how difficult it is to play being long like that, and how to use it to your advantage, more so than just having long arms and being fast. All right, so we're going to continue to keep an eye on him. The other guy you mentioned – uh, Kalen Barnes, I have not watched them, but like you, when you hear about someone that's running that fast, you have to take a look. And, and there are guys in this class full of 49ers. If you want size and you want speed, they're there. Now, can they play? I got to look into that. But I know guys like Alante Taylor, cornerback out of Tennessee, six feet, 200 pounds, 32 inch, 32 quarter arm length. That's exceptional. 43640. He's running fast. All right. But I, he was there at Senior Bowl week, and I, he didn't. He must have just didn't do anything to jump off to me, which is kind of hard. You know, all these guys, you know, they'll, they'll have a play where they mess up. They'll have a play where they do well, whatever. But it's hard to really see big-time separation from those guys. But I, I need to go back and watch his film and get more of an idea of who he is because I like the size. I like the length. I, I like the speed. But can he play cornerback? So I'll definitely be looking at him. And uh, – I will say one guy who I don't want to say hurt his stock, but he's someone the 49ers can kind of mess around and get a really good football player, and that's Roger McCrary. All right. Roger McCrary out of Auburn. I, I gotta check his measurements at the at the combine. But I know at the senior bowl, it was about 5'11, 186 pounds. So he's slight built. But the alarming thing was his arm length, it was ridiculously short. Like sub 30 inch arms. All right. And we talked about that on here. That's crazy. So, my biggest thing was I was looking forward to seeing how well does he run? B because for teams to want you, you got to have something they want, whether it's speed, whether it's size, whatever. Like the, the coverage, they're not sure how that's going to translate if you're not a, like a freakish athlete or you don't really have one thing or another that they really want. Well, I was looking forward to seeing how does he run? If, as long as he runs in the four fours, he'll be all right. Well, he ran four, five, five. So you got short arms, slight build, and you did not run very fast. I think that's going to be an issue for them, and they're going to try to kind of peg him into being more of a nickel. That's what I'm thinking. But 49ers who need a nickel and can have some depth on the outside, I think McCrary would be a, a amazing pick for the 49ers at 61. And I think there's a chance he's there, and if he's there, he's a better prospect coming out than Ambry Thomas. Like, I mean, he showed it at – the big level, I mean, he had the guard. Jameson Williams, who's terrific, probably would have been the number one receiver taken if not for a torn ACL. He had to guard him. He had to guard Mechie. I mean, and he held his own. He was maybe targeted 12 times and maybe gave up, I don't know, five or six catches. But, I mean, he was vertical shots, slot fades on the outside, running across the field with them. I mean, it, I mean, it was a clinic on, like, this is, you're challenging receivers. So, We'll see if, you know, what kind of happens with, with, with him. But, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see how that whole thing works out for him. He'd be a good pick for the Niners. I'll, I'll probably put him in the loser category just because of those workout numbers, and he's going to get that that slot tag. Oh, this is a slot-only corner now because he's got short arms. Yeah, 28 and 7 eighths inches for the arms, so under 29 inches even. And almost identical 
size numbers at the weigh-in was Trent McDuffie out of Washington. People were talking about him as a as a first-round pick, maybe. Some fantastic tape for Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Again, 5'11", 193, a little bit longer arms, but sub-30 inches you don't like. And so he's going to get that. He's physical, really good player, Trent McDuffie. He's going to get tagged with the, the slot thing. Do you like Trent McDuffie as a slot, as an outside? And similar conversation, could he be there at 61 for the 49ers and potentially even be a steal of a pick at that point? Well, I think he ran much better, right? I, I believe he, he ran better 40. Yeah, he did have yeah. a better 40. So when you run 40, they, I mean, better, they, they'll just be more willing to take a chance on you if they already liked you. A, a lot of people like McDuffie. So much zone-heavy scheme over there in uh, Washington, and it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what he is. You're already in the, in the Pac-12 not playing the best or most talented receivers week in and week out as opposed to somebody coming out of the – that SEC, like I just talked about with McCrary, like he had to guard Jameson Williams and John Mechie all game, no matter where they lined up. That's tough. Who did McDuffie have to play like that? And even then, did they put the responsibility on you to guard them inside out wherever they go and play? Man, a lot of zone, a lot of off coverage, a lot of keeping things in front of you over there in Washington. So people are going to have to have better eyes than I do and uh, – really dig deep to figure out what exactly he is and how his game translates to the NFL. A couple more winners at the cornerback position, then we'll shift over to safety from the combine, but only let the folks out there know about Rock Auto. Uh, Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been saving do-it-yourselfers money online for over 20 years. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 to even 100% more on the very same auto parts that you're going to get from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com that has everything you could possibly want for your car or truck at prices that are always reliably low for every customer. Do-it-yourselfers as well. Let's let's say uh, you have a Hemi and you live in Arkansas and you might want to go get yourself uh, an empty gas tank to carry around with you because you run out of gas because you're a knucklehead trying to push <laughs> it to that next gas station because the gas is a little bit cheaper. Like my co-host, Eric Crocker, you can find those empty gas tanks if you want at rockauto.com or some carpet for your Hemi or, you know, uh, wiper blades, anything from big stuff to little stuff to do it yourself as you can remake your entire vehicle you want. And yes, they have an amazing selection for your specific vehicle at rockauto.com. Dot com. So head over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in your how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Sauce Gardner, big winner of the entire weekend out of the cornerback group. And did he take? Did he overtake the, the top corner spot? Is he, Q, is he CB1 in this class? Well, you haven't seen Stingley in a while, and I think Stingley kind of like it reminds me of uh, Trevor Lawrence a couple years ago, where you know Trevor Lawrence it was just he was just pegged as QB one no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. Because of how well he did as as a freshman, and in your eyes, well, he can't. I mean, it was he's only going to go up from here. He's only going to get better. Well, I don't think Trevor Lawrence really got better as a prospect, but obviously a terrific prospect, but. I felt like there should have been some conversation between who is the legit QB1. Was it him, Justin Fields? Even though Justin Fields slid a little bit. From, but from a talent perspective, I thought Fields was more talented than, than Lawrence, and there was never that conversation. I think that's what's kind of going on here, at least try to. I think people are starting to kind of change how they feel a little bit about the cornerback position. And Sauce Gardner, I'd assume, is CB1. Derek Stingley 
he he was pegged as that guy, no matter what corner first cornerback going to be taken. But had a terrific uh, freshman year, very solid. And since then, he's missed games. He's been hurt. He opted out. He's not working out at the combine. You know, there's all you know the injuries, the Liz Frank, whatever he has going on. I I don't know who he is right now because there's just not enough film on him after his freshman year. So. I think there's going to be a lot of projection when it comes to Derek Stingley. No projection when it comes to Sauce Gardner. You know who he is. 6'3", or close to 200 pounds, long, lengthy, ran a 4-4-1, which is that's exceptional for him. Fluid mover. I yeah. actually, in the mock, if you guys listen to Locked On NFL Draft, it was all me in this past mock. And I had the Houston Texans taking him at number three overall. Woo! Now... The reasons why, and somebody told me, I already saw the comments, bad mock. The, the Texans are planning on trading Tunsil, and if they do that, they're going to need a tackle. All right, whatever. But right now, I don't know anything about that. I do know when I look at the roster, they like to play a lot of cover too. And I would love to have a guy like Sauce Gardner who has that length. He has the ability. He has the physicality. He he's a, does a terrific job of reading his keys. He triggers. He's physical. He also can play man. And we see now he can run as well. So I think that's a guy who fits with Houston. And I'm not, I don't really like taking corners high like that right now because of how hard it is in the NFL. But I think he fits everything they want to do. So Sauce Gardner for me right now is CB1. I want to shout out a young man that goes by the name of Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. I haven't watched yeah. a lot of Zion McCollum, but best I can tell, he's the only dude that had the guts to throw down a three cone and a shuttle and had ridiculous numbers at both. And I don't know if he was up first and everyone else said, ah, never mind. I don't want to run my three cone now after seeing that dude. <laughs> Six, four, eight, three cone for Zion McCollum and a 20 yard shuttle of 3.94 under four seconds is scorching for the 20 yard shuttle. So this guy can change directions as well as having a top. 340 time in this class running 433 at six foot two. Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. Uh, that is going to be up very soon on my uh, on my list of prospects to watch because the 49ers won't be drafting early. And some of these super athletic guys, and look, we we went over this before the combine. Some of the some of the highest, some of the fastest 40 times in combine history don't translate at all to really good football players in the NFL. So we'll see if these guys can play. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Kalen Barnes from Baylor and Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State when you get more time to watch that tape. Well, I, I watched McCollum. Oh, I did watched you? him at the Senior Bowl, I, and I was glued in on him. At 39 and a half inch vertical? Like, he knocked – he he was ridiculous in every in every drill. Like, that, that movement skill at 6'2 is pretty crazy. I didn't see that athleticism watching him live. Yeah, and a lot of times you can see it, you can feel it. You see a guy clicking close. See guy the way he runs with guys, it turns and runs. I saw it with uh, Woolen. It was clear, right? Like there was a play where I'm just like, wow, okay. Never saw it from McCullough. And that's not to say that he doesn't have it, but it, it didn't jump out. And I also went to a, uh, I went to Sam Houston versus UCA because I have a kid that I trained that plays for Sam Houston. Starts at DB as well. And um, McCullough, I never, I never watched him. Was just like. Man, they got a corner there. That that didn't cross my mind. So that's not to say that he can't be good. Again, dive into the film. Might see something different. But so far, that's kind of some of my thought process on them. Do you think teams are going to let – and we saw it. We've seen it in multiple NFL drafts that really good safeties fall a little bit. And 
after Kyle Hamilton ran a four five nine, which is tied for the worst, but this was a fast safety year. This entire class is crazy fast that we saw at the combine. Four five nine forty yard dash. He obviously plays really fast, and even in the drills after that, you see the range he has. He's got crazy range. Most people were shocked by him running a four five nine. It's not the slowest safety in the world, but if you're going to drop a top ten pick on a safety, you would think you would want somebody to check every single box and maybe that box is left unchecked and if derwin james can fall to pick 17 then kyle hamilton's gonna fall out of the top 10 right or do you, you, think- you would you would think so i mean as a guy that's supposed to be a top tier top like when when you're drafting a safety in the top 10 he's a freak you gotta be a freak and he has freakish size 6'4 220 pounds but you know the 40 yard dash Again, I, I I do believe he plays faster than four five nine, but that's going to be something where people kind of raise an eyebrow. And how fast exactly is he truly playing on the field? Looks like he closes well. Looks like he has a, a lot of range, uh, but there's going to be questions there. Then I, there are other questions as well. You know, how is he a little stiff? Now his three cone was good. He did have a nice three cone, but on film, again, this is another guy that's really long, long legged, changes direction. Where are you going to have to play him? I, you know, I was talking to Tony Pauline. And he thinks that he might end up having to be an outside linebacker because he doesn't think that he's going to be able to um, match the receivers in a slot and can kind of get ate up from that standpoint. So yeah, we'll see what thing. actually happens with them. But those are things that are they're very interesting to see from him. What about Lewis Seen out of Georgia showing up and running a 4-3-7? Do you think he might even challenge for safety one in this class if some teams are a little bit worried about the the – the legginess of Kyle Hamilton in coverage? Well, you know, I, I don't know if he'll challenge, but I think a team that might be sitting around pick 10 in the first round might say, you know what? Mm, now nah, we can wait to second round potentially and get seen. Now I don't know if he's going to be there, but between seen, uh, uh, Brister, uh, Dax Hill, Nick Cross, there's, I think it's a terrific safety class. So you don't have to just reach for one. Now a guy that the 49ers might be interested in, at least the fans, they've been talking about him a lot. Petrie, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Uh, the only Baylor guy to not run while everybody else is tearing up the, the turf out there, burning the turf up. Petrie, <laughs> is a, he's a nickel. He's listed as safety, so I think all the 49er fans are saying, oh, get Petrie because he listed as safety. That could be a replacement for Jaquiski Tart. Mm-hmm. But on film, everything he does is either at nickel or almost like an outside linebacker type like he blitzes a lot off the edge he's physical in the run game but i haven't really seen him in space downfield like as a two high safety a single high safety there is there's none of that really at least in the the three games i just watched uh yesterday 35 inch vertical pretty good uh really good three cones 6.74 seconds so you know he's got short area quickness put up 16 bench press reps at 198 511 so yeah versatile player where would he play in the 49ers defense if they draft him? They need a nickel too. So maybe they see Petrie as a guy who can play nickel, who can play deep safety, who can interchange with Jimmy Ward, who can play some strong safety. They already have a, a bigger body, strong safety and who Fonga they drafted last year to play that, that role as well. If, if they don't believe Petrie ends up being a strong safety, he is an interesting name. And I think that's a good area for him to go in there uh, late in the second round. So I still like Petrie, although always curious when guys don't run, why did he not run? Did he know that time was not going to look great, especially watching his Baylor counterparts working out before the draft, right? Yeah, all those guys, man, they're flying. Any names, Croc? 
talking about pick 61 for the 49ers, talking about pick 93, talking about maybe those comp picks late third round or even day three. Is there anybody that's standing out that we didn't really talk about at either safety or uh, or corner that you got your eyes on for the 49ers? No, I think I touched on a lot of the guys that I just like, you know, that I feel like they you know, they can help. I think out of all the guys, especially defensive backs, McCrary, he's the one that kind of stands out the most to me just because, I mean, I, I've seen it. I, I've watched him against the stiffest of competition. I watched him the year prior or two years ago against uh, Jamar Chase and how he challenged him. He was in Chase. Now, he did get beat by Chase vertically, which Chase beat everybody, but also they tried him vertically and he had an interception. And he had a pass breakup downfield. So, you know, there, there's a lot to like about him from how he challenges guys. If you can get him at 61, that's a terrific value pick on a guy I think people are kind of sleeping on. Uh, depending on what sort of speed Petrie shows before the draft at his pro day at Baylor, if you were on the clock at 61, would you value McCrary's sort of versatile ability as maybe a slot and an outside corner or Petrie's ability as maybe a slot and a safety? That combination, they're both on the board. Which guy do you take? And you only can pick one. Uh, McCrary. McCrary. This is a good class if you are looking for an athlete in the secondary, whether it's at receiver, corner, shoes. I mean, an athlete, period, on defense. We saw a defensive tackle at 340 pounds run a 478. I think this is the class of all of the athletes. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely that class. We'll talk a ton more about defensive backs because the 49ers, I think, will be in the defensive back market, whether it be free agency, trade market, in the draft, uh, early and late in the draft. So a ton more conversation on that. We've got some questions for you, Crockett. We'll roll through later on in the week about some specific free agents. The 49ers rumored to be interested in Charvarius Ward, uh, a free agent in the upcoming class. Uh, a lot of talk about Stephon Gilmore as well. We'll get to all of those things and more coming up this week on Locked On 49ers starting tomorrow. Hit us with your questions on tomorrow's Winky Wednesday episode. Thanks for making us your first listen here on Locked On 49ers. For your second listen, check out Croc and check out his latest mock draft. Maybe he'll get a second round mock in there. Um, at, uh, at Locked On NFL Draft, I'm doing the Peacock and Williamson show daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow. Locked On 49ers.